Warning, this podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands, I'm Rob Jones. Joining me today to have a wander through his record collection is Joe Higgins. Joe has a couple of podcasts, so it's Hallmark of Greatness and Damn It Vince that people should definitely check out. And he seems to crop up across this wonderful little DIY podcast scene that we have here in the UK. So, Joe, thank you very much for joining me today. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your shows? Yeah, um, Hallmark of Greatness is uh, me and um, some friends going through your Hallmark uh, made-for-TV films. You know, the kind. Um, And just, like, having fun with them. Because you know what you're going to get with them, but you still occasionally come across nuggets of goodness in them. And then there's like a sister show to that, which is Last Orders, which is the films that the actors and directors either cut their teeth in or finish their careers in, which are normally like punch kicker type films. They're normally post-apocalyptic, terrible nonsense, but they're they're a lot of fun as well. And Damn It Vince is a wrestling podcast, news, reviews, opinions, facts about sharks, like Hoover advice we've started doing recently because I've, I've contemplated buying a new Hoover. It was your Tassimo for a while, wasn't it? It was the Tassimo, um, but I think I figured out what all the buttons on the Tassimo do now. Excellent. But yeah, there's uh, Hoover, uh, not Hoover, um, washing machine as well because we had to get that replaced recently. It's There was a kettle for a while. I wanted a remote control kettle. Uh, my wife wouldn't let me because she was like, just get up. I was like, but I could boil it before I get up in the morning and then I can have a cup of tea ready. But we've got a Tassimo now. Get one of those teas mates with the alarm clock on them and then you just need to set the... Yeah, but you... Mm, yeah, I've got a Tassimo now. So, like, I just come down in the morning, put my toast in, press the button, let the dog out, and that's it. It's it, it's the future. It's like the Jetsons in my house. Um, Two quick things on your shows. Um, How do you decide in the first place that, you know, I'm going to do a show not just about movies, but about generally bad movies so it kept the first sort of 50 shows were with uh two people i used to work with they've moved on to other stuff now um and we used to in the run-up to christmas we would watch a christmas film a day at work like secretly on your phones like you do because no one cares and we got to talking about it and we're like why don't we like try doing something with this and we did and it was quite fun but then they didn't get the immediate million pounds they were expecting from podcasting and so didn't want to do it anymore have you not got yours yet no i've not even Uh, got a manscaped uh, thing yeah we did get an offer from i want to say it was smooth my balls excellent uh but i refused because i don't want them smooth yeah it's got to be the right type of money isn't it um i mean i will sell out for the right price um (laughs) and so they didn't want to do it anymore But my sister was like, I wouldn't mind getting in on it. And I was like, sweet, yeah. And then some other friends were like, well, can we come on? And then I asked Mark Plant, who will turn up at the opening of an envelope if you give him a Twix. (laughs) Uh, And we just kept it going like that, yeah, basically. And I'm now trying to sort of rotate some guests and stuff in, just so it's not putting so much time on people other than me. Because, like, when we started it, it was in lockdown and people had a lot more free time now. But now you can go to the pub and the cinema and gigs are back on and stuff. Before we get into the music, just on your Damn It Vince podcast, 
I've got back into professional wrestling again, watching it, not doing it. Um, um, I've kind of dipped in and out over the years, like going all the way back to like Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man. Legion of back. Doom were a favorite. Yeah, yeah. But recently I've kind of gone back all in again, just on the WWE. I don't really go too far out. Um, um, but wrestling is great. Yes, it is. But because of you and John and Ellis speaking so well about like the indie wrestling, and then you had that interview with was it Shady Naturus? Shady, yeah. Yep, we've yep. got we we've got tickets to the next uh, yeah. UPW event over at Weymouth Pavilion, and the whole family are going. It's, it's legitimately the best night out you'll have. Yeah, because if you surrender yourself to the fact that it is ridiculous and it is silly, and you boo and you jerk, it's like a pantomime with violence. Brilliant. Yeah, it so really is. And it's, I've, I've took so many people to like Bolton Town Wrestling and the progress shows and the other, like the, the slightly higher up ones. And they've loved it. Like everyone's like, when's the next one? Can we go again? And I'm like, well, yeah. But it, it's, it's, I think it's that thing of people going, well, you know, it's not real. Yeah, I, I know it's not real, but can you do that? Also, yeah. it's, it hurts. I know they're not trying to hurt each other, but you try jumping off a thing onto your back, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm hoping that you enjoy it. Because yeah, it I'm is sure we will. Legitimately, um, the best night out. Yeah, I wouldn't be going if it wasn't for Damn It Vince. So there you go. That Take we that can as a win. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, I do have one wrestling-related question for you before we get into the music stuff, and that is, um, who's the best wrestler in the WD at the minute? In the WWE at the minute, and why is it Seth Rollins? Oh, well, you answered my question there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, serious. No, the real question is, who's got the best entrance music? Oh, of all time or current? Both, if you can put it off the top of your head. You see, I do like Seth's Burn It Down. Um, I know people prefer the original one, but that's just, you know, it's personal preference. I liked Sami Zayn's original Worlds Apart, because I'm yeah. a big, big Scarboy at heart. Um, I tell you, like, Classically, I want to say The Undertaker's because it tells you everything you need to know. And it's like, I think we did a while back, I think about the best entrance music. And it need, it needs to be something that as soon as it drops, you know who's coming out. And just that bell, dung, you know it's The Undertaker. And stuff, other stuff now, you don't really get that. I'd say like Becky Lynch's. Yeah. Uh, Celtic Invasion's pretty good as well because it's just like, Dropkick Murphy's sort of stuff. Ooh. I mean, there's loads. I mean, yeah, literally, yeah. my one of my playlists, uh, one of my, my Spotify recommends is just wrestling music. Every day, it just refreshes the feed. with new. I really like Bray Wyatt's new one. Yeah, that, uh, that's one that jumped out to me. But, but I think I really like the old one as well. I right, really okay. like the original uh, Firefly one and then the Fiend one as well. But I, I, it is possibly one of the better ones. I, I know you don't watch AW, but um, Mikey Ruckus over there has done some tremendous theme tunes. Right, Dan Housen's yeah. one is great because it's like the monsters. Um, it's, but they've also done like classical versions of them. So um, Adam Cole's one is great. I mean, I it's on ITV four, but I would recommend AW because it's it's a lot more compact than WWE. Right. You've got a two-hour show and a one-hour show as opposed to five hours. Cool. Excellent. I'll check that out this weekend. Right. Records and bands. <laughs> That's what we're here for. 
So I often describe myself as a greasy grunger who kind of wishes it was still 1994, which might be because I was younger, skinnier, and sometimes girls found me interesting. One of those is a lie. (laughs) Uh, Do you have something similar that would like describe your musical safe space? Uh, I believe most of my musical uh, stops in about 1997. Excellent. uh, Because of that. Again, I was very, I, I was a bit too late to the grunge scene because I would have been 13 when Kurt Cobain died yeah and that was like the death of but it was like as he died I discovered never mind and then that was that that set me on like that path of that sort of things that's what those were then my friends and that was then like the band I joined we did Nirvana covers and and things like that so yeah I would say that I'm, I'm a similar sort of thing of i i was between sort of grunge and was like new metal the next big i think it was in our sort of spaces so like where we were in a we we're in a very small rural market town and if you were into anything that wasn't really bad house music or chart stuff you were dumped in the group so like the i was in a group of mates there was me obviously into the grunge stuff i Leon was into like heavy metal, Iron Maiden, all of that sort of stuff. Jukesy was into hip hop, like, you know, two or three skaters into the punk stuff, and it all just kind of melted all together. So that's the best sort of stuff, though, because then you get exposed to things that you wouldn't normally listen to. Like, yeah, recently I've discovered my love for hip hop and stuff like that through through my wife, basically. But it was the thing I, I like. Punk will always be my first love. But there's no reason that you can't like other things. Like you don't have to exclusively furrow yourself into this into this thing. It's music is a broad spectrum. Yeah. So I sent you some homework. How did you get on with the questions? I wrote about 19 versions of this. Oh, um, I I literally was going to text this morning. Going, I've changed my mind <laughs> uh, because it's such a varied thing, and it's. Um, it's music is dependent on mood and so many other things. Are you hungry? Are you tired? It's on what you want to listen to. But I think I think this is the the definitive one. I went through them all and there were certain things that overlapped because I did it over different days and different times of the day. Because I do my I take my research seriously. <laughs> uh, but I think this is the definitive list for me, myself. And I'll say this and then Immediately afterwards, I'll be like, can we retake all of this? <laughs> so the first question is, what are your top three albums of all time ever? Or your top three bands or artists? Or if you're feeling ambitious, you can go for both. I've done both because there's no overlap in them, which is weird when you think about it. Um, so top three albums. Uh, I know you're a big fan as well. Outcome the Wolves by Rancid. It's literally the definitive, it's the thing that my brother came home with on tape i think it was and was like he put it on and i was like what is this this is like madness but everyone's angry but there's melody and there's shout along choruses this is and you know when you feel like the record scratch i guess you're wondering how i got here so i think it was like that it was literally monumentally life-changing in terms of what i then wanted to go and do and be which sounds like pretentious and stuff but 
I think music has that power to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, definitely, like, it's, definitely, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the soul. It's the human soul in, in form. And again, I've listened to I've, I've all of these again today and in the past week. It's still an amazing album. It's the best thing Rancid ever did. Like, there's yes. been other albums that are good, but there's not a wasted beat. My top, these, these top three albums, there's not a skippable track on them. Rancid had that run from, I think, Let's Go, Outcome the Wolves, and then Life Won't Wait, and that's like the triumvirate, if you like. That is, there. yeah. Like, I'm very, very fond of Life Won't Wait, and I think that's because I saw them a couple of the times on that tour. Yeah. And you kind of associate this, the, the live memory to hearing the record, but like it's yeah this is their best work by a long way and yeah it's amazing it, it's just literally one of those i can i can i still listen to you know daily city train and yeah uh avenues and alleyways regularly like and the other stuff as well um you know uh, there is a wrestler actually ruby soho who comes out mm-hmm. to uh, ruby soho and i think at the last or the last pay-per-view rancid performed live Oh, they're old now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> um, I was talking to Sam, my brother, the other day. He saw Lars Fredrickson a, f- a couple of months ago, or maybe, oh, maybe okay. a few weeks ago. On, it was just like a solo tour. It was just him and his um, electric guitar and his Marshall stack, like oh. Billy Bragg style, if you like. And doing was, rancid and bastard Just doing stuff. rancid stuff. Just oh. rancid stuff. But he wouldn't Cause... do stuff that Tim Armstrong would sing. He just did like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like some petty Lennon and McCartney nonsense. That well, well, I think they all get on, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tim started. He started doing uh, Time Bomb, Tim. Yeah, which is like a weird folk punk sort of Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox sort of thing. <laughs> he did a thing where he would like try and release. Was it a song a week or something for? Yeah, was, yeah. And there's loads of stuff for a on while, there. but a lot of them are like rancid covers and uh yeah. a whole sort of desmond decker and stuff so are we going to talk about rancid for the next hour or should we uh move on to your next one um right now i don't know whether you've listened to this or not uh, but this was where this is my wife's influence on me uh we went to watch dan lasak versus scroobius pip oh yeah oh yeah it's just like spoken word over thingy mm-hmm. but one of the support acts was sage francis and it's Sage Francis and B. Dolan. B. Dolan's tremendous uh, as well. Go and listen to Fallen House, Sunken City. Um, it's, it's literally a brilliant hip hop album. But Sage Francis just like there was, I, can't, I think it was he did um, his song. I think it's called Best of Times, and it was one of those things where it's it's just about him growing up and how you know that's horrible. But it ends with the line. Um, when you think it's all gonna go, when you think everything will go wrong and it collapses, it ain't it ain't as bad as you think it is, or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, that's deep." So I went away, did some research, and found that he had an album coming out called Copper Gone. And again, it's solid gold, start to finish. It's a brilliant, brilliant hip hop album. Is it hip hop? Is it rap? I don't know what the difference is, but it's again, it's one of those that I listened to since it came out. I listened to at least one song from it a day, just because. And I've not got tired of it. These are the things well, I can still listen to all of these albums from start to finish and not get tired of them because they're just they're just like perfection. Sage Francis has had this huge run of stuff. But again, this is I think it's his last album. I think he's sort of retired now. But 
it's it's I encourage anyone to go out and, and listen to it. It's on Spotify. Go and listen to some of his other stuff. Go and listen to a healthy distrust and it's it's poetry over mm. over over music. But um yeah, it's Yeah, it's, I um I got into or not going to I, I, I obviously like most of us do this to Scroobius Pips podcast and then I thought, oh I'll check out his music and stuff. And there was one that um Scroobius Pip had done, it was like the spoken word but from the Albert Hall. Yes, the live one. Yeah. yeah, and that was really, really good. And then I sort of had a bit of a oh, if you like that, you might like this, Potter Rain. So I think I heard this guy before and then I gave it a quick spin the other day and it's definitely one I need to investigate further. But yeah, he's also he features on the bad religion track Let Them Eat War as well. Oh right, okay. Because he was signed to Epitaph. Yeah, which oh, is okay. rare for a, yeah. a, a, a rap artist to sign. Uh, but yeah, I think he's retired now. But um, look, thankfully, uh, I got to see him every time they came over. He came over. Him and B. Dolan used to tour together, and then they did uh, Epic Beard Men, which I also recommend. But um, I got to see him several times and got to meet him. And I have that horrible... My wife says it's that horrible thing when you meet people you admire, you just shut down. And I just stand there and go, hmm. <laughs> and she's like, it's, it's adorable, but also move. Like, it's, yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's a... It's a Tremendous, tremendous album from start. I think it features one of my uh, my favorite lines is, um, uh, as they say, "May the bridges that we burn light the way." And I just think it's like, yeah, sometimes you just got to walk away from stuff and yeah. see where it takes you. It's he's he's a very very talented man. It makes me sick. <laughs> um, and the final, your final choice for your favorite album of all time. Uh, this is leading me into a. This is where I sort of my music one of my many musical things is they might be giants and flood right which is now 30 years old i think and a bit more in it about 1989 1990 something i think like it's that, 92 it? i think the first track oh right okay no it's 1990 it's a brand new album for 1990 there you go then. they might be giants flood um they're touring it this year the whole album and i'm i've been dropping hints about getting tickets to it but um yeah i'm picking up i'm actually buying myself but um what? again it's that thing of this is a, a a big part of of me as well. Is this this sort of quirky sort of jangle pop? I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for a melody. I'm a sucker for a hook. Um, as we'll find out later on, like a lot of my stuff is mm-hmm. it, it's pop music sped up essentially. And they might be giants have that thing where they can blend between genres really really well. Um, not as good as some other bands, but listen to this today and there's it, it it's a pop album it really is but it's just on the cusp of being weird and i think that's that's the the line i straddle yeah it's other bands that i or artists i suppose that you maybe dump them into maybe like the eels that yeah. sort of um well in, in, a in little my bit favorite bands thing is ween as well oh yeah and i think them and ween share an overlap ween are way more experimental but they might be giants have just like a really good pop sensibility about them they can write a song that will be stuck in your head for days you've all heard birdhouse in your soul yeah and you were humming it for days afterwards because it is just a bop it really is just a great song one of the other things i noticed on your choice of three albums and i'm I'm not you know, I don't know them all encyclopedically, is that word? Um, but there's definitely a lot of care lyrically in all three of them. 
This is, um, yeah, it's one of my big things is that I, it's, I need poetry. I need that connection with someone. Uh, you can do it just through music if you play passionately enough. I mean, um, uh, I've heard of the American musician Frank Fairfield who just plays like old, lost American folk songs. All right. And he sings some of them, and some of them it's just him playing banjo or fiddle. But I literally wept when I saw him because it was just so emotional for me. Uh, and I need that that thing. But with 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 the lyrics of these things, I mean, you can say a lot with it. You can you can make someone cry. You can make them happy. And that's a tremendous power to wield. And I think that they might again. You, oh, you can just be silly, and they might be giants. I've just mm. have silly songs. Well, I. I'd buy a big prosthetic forehead and wear it on my real head. It doesn't mean anything, but it's a great line, isn't it? Like it, it sounds clever. I'll then I'll drop the name in this episode. I usually drop the name Ben Folds in every episode, but like, yes, he do. is. He's probably. I think he is the finest songwriter the I world has ever produced. And it's a it's similar the lyric, thing. It's the lyrics. It's he knows all the tricks. If he wants to make you cry. He's going to make you cry. And the next song, he'll have you laughing your head off. Yes. And he can just pull at you. And he can move you this way and that. And he knows how to do it. That's the sign of a, of a brilliant musician, though, is yeah. that you know it's in B-flat minor, which is the saddest key. It's it's called Lick My Love Pump. No, but it, <laughs> it's, it's that thing, though. It's And not so much rancid, because that's just like, it tells stories. And there's, yeah. you know, there's sad songs in there. And Coppagon is mostly kind of like introspective, and Flood has that thing as well. But like moving on to bands and that, like Ween, uh, I, I I think a tremendous because they can do anything, and it's two people who can literally do any genre of music and make it not feel like a parody, but like an like a an honest homage to it. But then. It will just be a bit off. Like, uh, it's Buenos Tardis Amigo from, uh, what's it, is it from Chocolate and Cheese? But it's it's a, it's a, it's like a Mexican revenge song, but it just has lines in it, maybe I'll sell you a chicken. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, but it sounds right in it. Yeah, and it's just enough to put you off kilter, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I wasn't again, expecting that, right? Yeah, it's just that thing of just being on the cusp of silly, but not like Weird Al Yankovic silly. Yeah. Like it's, and again, amazingly good lyrics in there. Uh, I would recommend listening to the album White Pepper by Ween. It's probably like the most accessible, but there's uh, there's genuine love songs on it. Like, uh, I love you even if you don't. And it's one of those. It's It's just great because it's heartfelt but also like sad but and the, the they're all tales they're all i mean like um i think it's the end of spongebob the movie is ocean man uh which is from the album the mollusk which is a concept album of sea shanties and stuff Excellent. but there's amazing songs on it there's there's uh is it cold blow the wind which is like an old folk song and it's but they do it. There's uh, twelve country greats, which I think there's only nine songs on the album. It's but again, it's just little. So, but it's it's a country and western album. But it's the songs like swearing, but piss up a rope, and Japanese cowboy, and so and it's but they're brilliant country and western. The slide guitar and everything, 
and it's just like there's an again, element of absurdity to it, but without with without it falling into comedy, without it falling into parody, I suppose is that is that yeah, fair? They're they're genuine homages to it, but with their own little wean yeah. twists on them. I mean, on Twelve Country Greats, there is genuine country and western songs that are not silly they're proper songs white pepper there's proper songs but then you also have stuff like uh mr will you please help my pony and spinal meningitis has got me down and it's just it's sort of like when i was in college me and my mate would write songs and i can't write a serious song for the life <laughs> of me i don't have that i don't have a, a sensible bone in my body like that so i'd always try and put silly bits in and it always gets taken out. And but I think with Ween, they had that perfect balance between the two, between the sublime and the ridiculous. And that's where Ween live. And it's it, they're literally one of my favorite bands because there's a Ween song for every occasion. They can do any style and it doesn't seem forced. And then moving on to lyricists, I think the best. UK lyricist we've ever had is your man Nigel from Half Man Half Biscuit and it's that thing of their sort of slice of life it's the mundane human things that everyone has to do like but it it's funny because it, it looks at it from an outside perspective and I mean I've seen him a couple of times and it's always one of it's a very male crowd there's not a lot of women at a half no. half biscuit concert. Um, and I think because it is very nerdy, but yeah. not in a, like a, there's lots of references to obscure footballers that I don't get because I'm not a sports guy. But, and like expressionist German cinema and all this sort of stuff that is worth, I found out today there's a website where people break down all the references in Half Man Half Biscuit songs. And it's, there's so many, it's thick and fast. Um, Sam and I speak sometimes like a lot of um, a lot of the stuff I'm into like especially the grungy stuff and that it's lyrics are often quite metaphorical in that and um, but when my brother comes to his music it's stuff like the Arctic Monkeys and that it feels very real world yeah and that's what I got from having a bit of a scan through some of this stuff the last couple of days it's um, walking yeah. down the street this is what's happening to me does that but then again there's also the ludicrous sides of it as well where he's talking about what's it sending letters to um phil cool rubber the rubber-faced irritant phil cool um and uh why is it is is it from this leaden paul i think where it's um it's basically you know that the the footsteps thing as a man walks along a beach and he sees scenes from his life and it's and then he turns to jesus why at the lowest points were you not there and jesus just goes because i was on junior kickstart and it's just one of them it always makes me laugh but like it's just nonsense who remembers junior kickstart i like, do know you mention it yeah, i haven't beforehand it's, it's that thing of like it's it doesn't it's live in my psyche a, it's 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 music for men of a certain yeah. age i think um just because of the references to it like dickie davis eyes and yeah things like rest in peace um it's and there's so much of it and they have that thing of being able to sort of span genres as well. Uh, but there is like a definite, you'll know a Half Man Half Biscuit song mm. when you hear it because it has a certain rhythm to it. Again, I'm not, 
100% familiar with everything, but I kind of put them in. Please feel free to tell me I'm talking utter nonsense. Um, they kind of somewhere in that spectrum between Biddy Bragg and Frank Sidebottom. I'd give you that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's political stuff in there. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're scousers. Uh, you know, the first album was back in the DHSS. Um, but then, yeah, but then there's also, like I said, just, but I mean, I very nearly put in for like my my, my all-time favorite song was a, a Freshie song, a, a Chris Seavey song because of the hooks, because of the pop sensibilities of it. And that's that's what I'm a sucker for. Um, and Half My Heart Biscuit can, again, have that shout along chorus thing as well, which I'm always a big fan of. Uh, but ultimate number one band of all time ever. And I know not many people are going to have heard of this, um, but it is... If you like bands that have 800 people on stage at any one time at the World Inferno Friendship Society, um, I someone played me these when we finished a gig somewhere and they went, oh, you sound a bit like this. And I was like, we sound nothing like this. Mm-hmm. This is way better than anything we could ever do. And it's, uh, what, what what's the official thing? Like cabaret, klezmer punk music. But it, it it's... I've not heard anything similar to it. Uh, the late great singer Jack Terracloth um, has a very distinct and unique sort of crooner voice. Yeah, I wanted to pick your brains on that because I've listened today to the live album. Uh, Alamas, yeah. Yeah. And it sa- he sounded to me like I couldn't understand how he came to be from, like, was he from New Jersey or Brooklyn, somewhere it's like new- that? From Jersey, yeah. But he sounds like you've taken Dave Vanian from The Damned, <laughs> Tony Wright from Terrorvision, and do you know Pete Spilby from Group Dog Drill? Do you know of a band called Group Dog Drill? Doesn't ring a bell, no. They, they, we saw them supporting Motorhead and Therapy a few times, so they're from, they're from Bradford, I believe. But yeah, if you put all of them in the tumble dryer, he sounds like them all mixed up together. I'm, I'm, I'll take the first two. I don't know the last yeah, one. But yeah, no, no. But... It's, it's just that thing of... Uh... Again, amazingly good lyrics, uh, brilliant music. I mean, when you've got a rotating cast of musicians coming in, you can always keep it fresh. Uh, I think Jack and the guitarist were the longest serving members. Um, but it's from the, the first, the, I mean, the first record is a musical. Yeah, a musical about um, teenage delinquents astral projecting to commit crimes. And I mean, what's not to love about that? That could be a movie for your Hallmark of Greatness podcast. It's t- oh, no, it'd way, be too good. Way too good. <laughs> Unless Asylum pick it up and uh, make it. Uh, but then you get Hits of International Smashism, I think it's called. Uh, and the opening track on that, um, Tattoos Fade, it starts off with these drums, then a big like organ comes in and guitar. And it's just this, not a cacophony, because that sounds bad, but it's just this wall of noise hitting you. And you know there's... There's a brass section. I think they had a harp player at one point. It's very polyphonic spree, mm. but without like the cult mentality behind it. And it's I've seen them several. Every time they came over, I went and saw them, and um, it was it was always a joy to see them. Um, they remind I'm, me of a band that I used to see quite a bit um, called Tankers the Henge. Tankers the Henge has a yeah. has a similar thing, but but clearly influenced by this lot rather than the other way around. <laughs> yeah well yeah. they existed for a, a long time in one yeah. form or another um but an astounding back catalogue of stuff uh and and different sources to pull from um 
I mean, you've just got, is it just the best party, which has possibly one of my all-time favorite songs on it in Go With It Girl, because it's just that thing of when you meet a girl at a party and it's very intense and then she goes, wait, what am I doing here? No. And then you're like, well, what can I do to make you stay? And she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell, that hurts hard. <laughs> that, that's, that's a lot of my teenage years, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you've also got like, uh, is it M? Which is uh, The Life and Times of Peter Laurie. And it's an album, a concept album based around the life of, of Peter Laurie. And it's it's brilliant. And then there's like one of the later albums is mm. uh, This Packed Funeral, which is people coming together at someone's funeral and telling their tales of how they knew this person and I, I, it's just beautiful to me it's, it's one of those things as soon as i heard it it was again that my heart stopped and i was like this is me from now on this is what i want to be um this is why we like we, we started auditioning bass brass members for the band and 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 trying to move in more of this direction but you can't do it you have to you can't fake this uh, and unfortunately, we'll never get any more. Now you've got, I think, nine albums to work your way through. And oh, I'm definitely going to as well. Just like, like I said, I, I gave that um, the live album a spin today, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. What does uh, what does what does your accordion do? It in, in, induces sadness and melancholy. <laughs> yeah. If there are any goths in the audience, or I believe you're calling yourselves death rockers nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And he was very funny. He's very quick. Yeah. Um, and it's just that cult of personality thing i like as well like when people are just charming but yes. without being sleazy record fans is produced by rob jones please support him on patreon so you can stop spending all our money on podcast stuff and buy me a new toothbrush joe tell me about the first gig you're at oh right the first gig i ever went to on my own unaccompanied by well i was with my friend uh, and don't laugh. And like, I, I Marilyn Manson. Uh, oh, good man. Around 95, 96. So just after Antichrist Superstar came mm -hmm. out. Um, and it was very, well, I remember like me and my friend, his older brother and his terrifying mates were there as well. And it was, I was given like four cans of beer by one of them and I was drinking them. And I was, I must've been what, 16 at this point, 15, mm. 16. Uh, and it was, there was people like, queuing up to get in in Manchester and there was literally people there going, would you not want to come to this? Because opposite the academy in Manchester, there's a big church. Do you not want to come mm -hmm. to a church service instead? Because this is satanic. And I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm 15 <laughs> and this is great. Um, and it was a great gig. Like, I mean, Marilyn Manson can get in the bin now because he's yeah. an absolute menace of a boy. Rapey Brian. Yeah. Um, but this was, again, it's that performance thing of... Mm. It's a show. Like the, I couldn't tell you anything about the music, but it was, yeah. it's that momentum and everyone being into it, and it was, it was great. Uh, it's one of those things that I look back on now, and go, ah, even though it was like, he is a problem. Yeah, you can't deny that Antichrist Superstar is a great album. Yeah, we saw them it, um, in '99. There was like that big one day festival they called Big Day Out, and and. He played on that. We went to see Metallica. Well, I went to see Terrorvision, to be honest. But um, yeah, he he was on on before Metallica on that night, and yeah, good show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, the 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 ball dropped massively after I'd say Mechanical Animals with him. Really, completely agree. What was the last gig you were at? The last one 
was uh, a friend of mine's gig. Uh, if you've never heard of them, look them up. Snatch Game, the UK's only RuPaul drag punk rock band. Excellent. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, it was their, I want to say, Christmas gig. I might have just been a gig that they did. I can't remember if it was Christmas or not. But again, it's one of those. They had um, Petrol Horse, who was a, uh, like a, it's not spoken word, but it's 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 very good. And he's got a horse mask on. And Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies, which is like sort of scary stuff, but there's Dinner Ladies involved. And then, they, and it's, I mean, they're, they're doing big things now. They're doing, well, not big things, but they're doing better. Um, and it was just one of those, like, I'm a big RuPaul fan and stuff like that. And to be able to go and sing, you won't find any of their stuff online because RuPaul is quite litigious. Yeah, with, I can imagine. Uh, um, yeah. But go and, um, they're, they're moving around the country a bit more now. So you, might, you might get a chance to go and see them. Uh, the last proper gig um, was Epic Beard Men, but that was before COVID. And that's Sage Francis and B. Dolan's mm-hmm. little side project thing they did together, which was more sort of hip hoppy stuff. Uh, I can't even remember where it was. It was that long. It's about three, four years ago. Right. You got anything lined up coming up? Yeah. No. No. I kind of hate going to gigs now. I've reached right. that, that point in my life where I'm like, everyone else yeah. is ruining it. Yeah. So I went, um, I was looking at um, tickets for Pearl Jam at Hyde Park last year. Oh. Um, at the same time that me and Jamie were going to, we're doing a podcast about Woodstock 99. So I watched that documentary in the big crowds and I was like, I don't think I want to be a part of that. Almost to, like, and to the point that I actually had a, a full on fever dream of being stuck <laughs> in a massive crowd one night. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. No. Uh, also, it'll be dollars. It's, it's so expensive. Yeah. And, um, what was the first record you bought with your own money or you specifically asked someone else to buy you? The first album I bought with my own money, uh, I I think it's Big Ones by Aerosmith. You know, the greatest hits. Yeah, album. I had it. I had yeah. it. Just because, like, again, problematic Steven Tyler, but you can't deny that Aerosmith could bang out a tune. Like, loving an elevator, living on the edge. It's all, it's all, the later stuff, not so much, but... And it was, I think it was at that time that I was like, that and Crossroads by Bon Jovi. Yeah. It's that sort of soft rock sort of thing. And it was just almost sort of, uh, it's sort, sort of entry level, though, isn't it? I think we all go through yeah, that. So it's, it's the gateway, isn't it, yeah. to other things? And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, I, I have, I listened to it the other day and I was like, I don't, yeah. don't care for this anymore. And that's that's it. The first single I ever bought was, uh, I think, Babylon Zoo, uh, Spaceman. Oh, my God. That was a terrible record. On the premise of that Levi's advert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I heard it, I was like, why is this so slow? Yeah. No, where's the fun dancey bit? Yeah, can't take it back, though. Yeah, terrible. Um, What's the last record you bought or downloaded? Or Are you, are you a physical media man? Or? Not anymore. No. no. Um, my wife made me get rid of a lot of stuff um, for space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tidy in. She managed to keep all her stuff, yeah, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I stri- again, was uh, Petrol Horse. Right, uh, okay. H-O-R-S. Uh, the, please, the, last al- the last album he did, I think, was uh, Please No Intentional Misspelling. It's sort of... I don't know. Is it, it's like house music, 
but with stuff yeah. over the top. <laughs> like, yeah, I listened to it and I thought it was kind of rubber bandits adjacent. Yeah, I can see it's that. It's not, but it kind It's in the same ballpark, I would say. They could support each other very easily. And you're not entirely sure how seriously he's taking it. He's in his underpants in a horse mask when yeah. he's performing, so... But you, but if someone's a real big fan of him, you wouldn't want to say he's taking the piss for fear of getting punched by them. Do you know what I mean? It's that having seen this, is like, literally because I I saw him um, supporting Snatch Game, and again transfixed because it's the gen. It wasn't taking the piss; like it was mm. a genuine performance. And I'm 100 percent that if someone's doing something genuine, I will give them all the time of day. I was hypnotized by it, and afterwards I was I went talking to him and stuff, and I was like, "That was gen- I've never seen anything like that." Um, like, what is it? And yeah. he was like, it's, "It's just what I do," and I'm like, well, "That's fine," but it's not everything not everything has to be in a not everything has to be in a pigeonhole, I guess. But it it was like performance art essentially, but there's also tunes there as well. That it's like being drunk on a fair brilliant um who has been the biggest influence on your record collection oh i know he's not going to listen to this so it's fine uh my brother yeah. i think it's for a lot of people isn't it it's an elder sibling um but yeah he would come by i mean i was spotty oik with you know uh, a big love for for, <laughs> for musical soundtracks and things like that um big uh, sound and music fan and he would come home with these records, um, like the Smiths, uh, the House Martins, Stone Roses stuff. Uh, my dad would come back from the pub with random singles that someone had clearly stolen from a jukebox because he didn't have that circle in the middle mm-hmm. of them. Um, and so, like that stuff as well. But it was, it was, and then like he got into like Sisters of Mercy and all this stuff. And I was, you always want to be like your big brother, don't you? Because, like, they're way cooler than you'll ever be. And, like, I'll never tell him this, but, like, he sort of is everything that I've ever wanted to be. Like, and he's not, you know, but it is that thing. And so I've tried so hard to emulate him. Um, And it's that thing of having listened to the stuff that he listened to, it then leads you on to other things. Um, I think it was literally the first time I heard uh jilted john you know gordon is a moron i think that was the first time i was like what is this music and even though it's not serious like it's it's a it's a funny song isn't it because it's a it's a parody of, of punk music at the time i was like this is great this is this is brilliant um i think he had the album um and i listened to the album the album's great yeah uh true love stories i think it's called it's it's fantastic. There's some amazing songs on it. The bass playing on it is phenomenal. I don't know who it was that was playing bass on it, but they deserve a raise because it's 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 oh, it's, it's uh, there's like a song about. I, I think this feeds back into. I, I just like songs that are like humdrum slice of life stuff because there's a song on it about like raising fancy mice as a hobby, uh, and like him going to a party and none of the girls wanting to talk to him. And it's like this is me. apart from the mice part. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's just that. But he, uh, like Sultans of Ping FC, and all this stuff now that I I still listen to, and I can see where it's influenced me 
like going forward. Um, but if it wasn't for him coming home with with those records and 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 putting them on when I was trying to go to sleep, I wouldn't. Mm. I genuinely wouldn't be who I am today without that influence. So the next question is about making your own music, and you've dropped a couple of hints. Tell us about your band. Oh, oh which one? <laughs> All of them. Any of them. Uh, one no, of them. Pick no. one. Uh, so 18 with the Nirvana stuff. I want to say we were called Black Days with a Z. Yeah, because Soundgarden and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, like three original songs that were terrible. Um, played a couple of gigs. That didn't go anywhere. Went to college. That you had to do performance as part of that. Formed someone came in with this incredibly weird what we sa- said sounded like Scooby Doo chase music. Um kind of offbeat scar stuff with an organ. It was it was like it's summer holidays. Let's write some more songs and like do a couple of gigs with this. That'll be fun, won't it? We can do silly nonsense and it'll be great. Uh what should we call ourselves? And then it became the Von Rechtenstein Coalition. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're 19, everything's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Very difficult to get booked, especially when you spell uh Stein the wrong way as well. Yeah. Um, because you don't check. Uh, did that for or don't five... care. Yeah, did that for we was, was early days of registering internet domains and stuff, and it was like, is this right? And I was like, no. Um, did that for far too long. Um like way too long, like after it stopped being fun. Um, and that's when you know to walk away. Left that to go and be in Burn All Flags, which was a sort of ha- hardcore punk thing. Recently, uh, look them up. They're on band camp. We recently had someone found all the master tapes of, of stuff we'd recorded remixed it all, put it out on vinyl. It sounds way better than we ever did. Excellent. Um, it's, but I've, I've got a copy of that at someone's house that I need to go and pick up, actually. Did that for a while. That fell apart. Didn't do anything for a while. Then got a phone call saying, do you want to come and play bass in uh, a folk band? And I was like, not really, no. It's not my sort of thing and he said well i'll send you the, like the recording through you can have a listen and it's sort of like um uh what's it called not old man Blarky, uh anarcho-punk sort of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. not like the levelers but um no but there was, we had an accordion and a banjo player Excellent. so you know uh playing on a big double bass that was fun full-size orchestra one uh did that for a while uh, but then I got into like all of that sort of stuff. Uh, what is it? I've, I've, I've... Bear with me a second. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to annoy me otherwise. And I <laughs> literally had it on on the way home because uh, I was like, "What do I want as my um, as my last track?" Mischief brew. Christ, that wasn't worth waiting for, was it? Um, <laughs> But that sort of thing of protest songy sort of stuff. Um, there is some of that on Bandcamp. I think there's a four-track EP, How It'll Be Northern Part 1. We never got part two done. Um, did a couple of festivals and stuff with that. That was fun. Uh, if you've never seen a load of 
very, very drunk punks doing a human pyramid to uh, folk music, then you've not lived. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> it really does. I, I don't remember a lot of that. That fell apart. Uh, did some bits and pieces here and there, filling in for people. Got a phone call. Someone saying, do you want to play bass in a new band I'm doing? Uh, called Salvo. Some of that on Bandcamp. That's, again, more hardcore sort of stuff. One of the singers from Burn All Flags, actually, I'm assuming with the same lyrics, because it was the same book he was reading, and I was, I'm <laughs> sure it was. And then he left and didn't want to do it anymore. We got a new singer in, uh, renamed ourselves Red Mask after the, I want to say Edgar Allan Poe short story, but I'm not sure, because it was just about the time of COVID, and it's basically mm. a story about um, recorded one, one song, just one song, which is on Bandcamp. Uh, all proceeds go to a charity. We haven't, I think it went, I can't remember what it was. Um, and then, yeah, uh, um, stopped doing that for reasons. And then after that, I am speaking of Snatch Game, when they need a bass player, because their normal bass player can't make it, I am the, the stand-in. I have done one gig with them, uh, and it was literally the best gig I've ever done. Brilliant. Because it was just overwhelmingly positive. Good. Like, everyone there had a riot of a time. I was dressed as Macho Man Randy Savage because um, I didn't get the brief properly. Because um, they were all in like dresses and uh, one of them dressed as Oscar because it was a wrestling themed gig. Uh, and I just showed up in full Macho Man. <laughs> I was like, I've got an excuse to wear this finally. Excellent. I've been, so been sewing this outfit for years and now finally. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm supposed to be doing a gig with them for Bolton Pride, but I don't know whether that's still going ahead. But um, if it is, I, I'll let you know because it's 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 very good fun. It's one of the most overwhelmingly positive things I've I've ever done. People Brilliant. coming up to me afterwards, going, "Thanks." It was where was it we played? It was like I want to say Oldham, and just this young girl came over and she was like, "That was really great," and I'm like, "I hate." people complimenting me and stuff so i was like yeah thanks yeah, yeah. packing my stuff up like and she's like no it's it's good that we've got this sort of stuff in, in here now and i'm like oh right okay I take my cowboy hat and yeah. you know off off you go like i i can't deal with stuff like that I, it's, i'm not i don't want people complimenting me <laughs> yeah there's that impact isn't it that, that the music can have on people that we keep coming back to yeah it was again yeah. but it was just overwhelming people genuinely having fun and i've never had that in a band it's always really? felt really sort of like there's people who like it but this was like everyone was going and i was like this is what being a proper musician must yeah, be like. yeah yeah excellent <laughs> and here i am playing rupaul covers and this is how brilliant. it happens <laughs> brilliant brilliant um you have a one day festival just for you there's six slots who are you booking right so i've booked stuff that I will never get the chance to see. That's fine. Do what For you want. It's your, it's your festival. Now, opening up, we've got the Hippos. Uh, if you're aware of the Hippos, uh, three albums and they were done. American, uh, fourth wave, third wave of Scatter, you know, with Mustard Plug and Real Big Fish mm -hmm. and all that. But the Hippos just had like a nice sound to it. There's nice harmonies. There's an organ part in there. Um, I think Heads Are Gonna Roll will probably be the album that you want to get. Uh, Wasting My Life is a music video for it. It's just scar, but it's just really good. Um, and they did three pieced out. They had a nice progression of 
first one's quite rough ska second one's a very polished ska third one they go a bit more new wavy there's a lot more keyboards and stuff in it but it's still great um and then that's it they they quit i don't know what they went on to do i'm fairly sure they're in other bands and stuff now but never got to see them um and one of my favorite bands of all time because it's just ska isn't it you can't not be happy right so, so for, who's coming on after the hippos then after that keeping it up keeping the keeping the energy high operation ivy oh good it's man got, gotta be on it like just go out do the album that's it solid 40 minutes get off i'm gonna say is it for is it 40 minutes is that well you, yeah. you can do a couple of them twice yeah <laughs> they can do bank shot a couple of times I'll yeah, be happy yeah with that'd that. be right i'm never gonna get to see them did, like, did that brief reform thing, didn't they, on Letterman or whatever it was? Not Letterman, because Letterman doesn't exist anymore. But, um, yeah, they had, like, a brief. Mm. Uh, I think they did... Uh, was it Was it uh, Warning they did? I can't remember. Anyway, Yeah, but, I can't yeah, remember. I didn't, th- I didn't catch that, I'm afraid. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, want, I want, like, young 17-year-olds, pre-heroin Tim Armstrong, <laughs> you know. Um, and, yeah, that'll, that'll, that's good. Uh, after that... It, Again, this um, I listened to the episode of this today. Specials, mm-hmm. never going to see him. And again, I want just after the specials drops the first album, just after that, when it's um, all new and vibrant, and not everyone like the bandwagon hasn't quite started rolling. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, the second album has good songs. The first one, solid gold, start to finish. Um, just because, again. Never going to get to see them no. young and energy like there's the later on stuff and the AKA and all that. But that that's what I want. Then we get a bit of a tonal shift um, from because you know you know they can finish on Ghost Town, leave everyone nice and like calm and melt. Well, I know that's later on, but yeah, uh, the replacements, brilliant, brilliant. Um, a band that I I say recently discovered. They've always been in my head, but I've gone back through and listened and. Again, a, a tremendous lyricist. Yeah. Um, I I listened to Here Comes a Regular and like openly weeping on the bus. Because yeah. I was like, this is bleak as hell, man. Yeah. But that was his life. And I I um back a long time ago, like um Paul Westerberg had two songs on the single soundtrack. You know that okay. Cameron Crowe film. So yeah. he had so on the soundtrack, he had two songs. He had Waiting for Somebody and Dyslexic Heart. Oh. They, they were both included on that. And I went back from that to the replacement stuff. This is, would have been about 94, 95. And I was like, uh, not sure. And then about five years ago, I went back and to Let It Be. And I was just like, how did I not get this? Uh, someone said to me, you have to listen to the replacements on speakers. You can't listen to them on headphones. Right. It's, it's the sound. It doesn't work on headphones. You have right. to be on speakers, and it does. It sounds better on speakers, but you can, you know. But yeah. uh, again, just catchy pop. Yeah, really, isn't it? it, it it's yeah. pop music. It's not. I mean, the first album is is trash, but and then just delightful stuff. Uh, yeah, I made Sam listen to it for the podcast, and um, he was like, "I didn't realize you could have a record like this in you, Rob." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I. I actually think it's the best record with that title that's been yes. made. Yeah. <laughs> by a long, long way. Like so. But uh, yeah, have them come out and do I don't know, greatest hits. Yeah. Keep them sober. Um yeah. but yeah, just because. Um then 
because I never got to, and I've watched so many live videos, and I just think it would have been one of those things that would have been electric, is Nirvana has to be, done it? Like, again, a cultural touchstone for literally everyone, isn't it? Everyone yeah. goes through Nirvana because it's that. It just is. It's 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 our generation's big ones. <laughs> so, what's, who's headlining? It's got to be, and it it's the boys, the boys from New York. It's Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, and the drummer one. It's the Ramones. A another drummer. Ramones. And, and our drummer. It could be either of them. Doesn't matter. Do it. They're just doing this all the way through. It's not like, but yeah, um, possibly one of my all-time favorite bands, but. I went for stuff, best bands of like consistent output. Yeah. Later Ramon stuff drops off massively. But those first four or five albums, even though it's the same album over and over again, essentially. And in terms of setting the bar of like, this is where it's at, this is what counts, like you can't get past them really. No, it's a hundred mile an hour out the gate. It doesn't slow down. It's like famously when they did their CBGB's gigs, they had to play the set twice. Because they got through it so quickly. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it became a machine. But those early days, those 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 first yeah first four or five records, mm-hmm. it's just unparalleled. It's just an assault. They came out pretty quick on top of each other as well, didn't they? Like bam, 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 releasing them like so. Prolific songwriter Didi Ramon. Yeah. Um, and also they're all just same song. Yeah. It, it, it just moves the chord shape up. Right, there's a new song, move it back down. That's a different song. And there's nothing wrong with that because the lyrics are there. The lyrics are that thing of like being like witty and self-deprecating, but then also just silly. Like a little bit grimy at times. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. You yeah. know, it's not Shakespeare, is it? But it's the world they came from. And it's like like reading books and stuff about like when they came over here. They people thought they were a legitimate warriors style street gang, and you're like, "Have you seen the Ramones? <laughs> they look like the most socially awkward people in the yeah. world." They look like us at the par- at parties in the, in the nineties, yeah, like just Joey sitting in the corner flicking a light switch off and on, like yeah. Dee Dee trying to get drugs off people, Fuck Johnny talking about car engines to anyone who that. It, they're not they're not cool dudes. They look cool as hell, yeah, 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 yeah. but they ain't like that's the. And that's the, I think that was the thing when I found it. Because again, I was like, this is incredible. It's a look, it's a sound, it's, just, it's there, it's all there. You know what you're getting with it. And then the more you read into it, you might go, oh, these are very broken people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to follow a theme with, with this next one. But um, is there a band or artist which makes you dance around the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Christopher Punk is going to hate this, but I'm stealing his thunder. Uh, the Aquabats. All right, okay. And it, it's upbeat. It's cheery. Who doesn't want a bit of skanking while you, you know you're frying an egg or whatever? And again, I, I can do deep and meaningful lyrics, but can also do silly songs about yeah. you know scratching your testicles and things like that. And sometimes you just need that. It doesn't always have to be doom and gloom and and deep thinking. Sometimes you can just want a song about a big scary tarantula and that's fine like it's sort of like my go-to thing when i'm sad is to put on like the fury of the aquabats because i know by the end of it i'm just gonna have a big dumb grin on my face and again the later stuff mm, not so great the last album mm. but when you've got and again that thing of having 19 people on stage scar bands mm. 
it 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 just it it warms my soul. It really does. Again, seeing seeing them every time they came over. Um was, I think one of um my old missus got my tickets to go and see them in London and supporting them as we walked in was the World Inferno Friendship Society. And I was like, this is a double whammy, isn't it? None of the crowd understood what was going on with the world. You were knackered by the end of it. Were you? I was, I was like, this is this is the best day ever. Like, but they hadn't announced. I think they must have done a gig somewhere. I'm jumping on the bill, like. But I was like, going, that's World Inferno merch there, and I was like, that's that's, that's the proper. Uh, yeah, and they were like, yeah, we're playing. I was like, well then, this just Excellent. got a hundred percent more good, didn't it? Down the front. Oh yeah. Yes. When I was um, young, when my knees could take it. <laughs> Um, which band or artist does the whole world think are amazing and you're just like, yeah, I, I don't get it? Controversial. I'm going to put it out The Beatles. Welcome to the club, man. I don't get it. The early stuff? Yeah, it's all right, but it's just sort of pop and it isn't particularly complex or thingy. And then the later on stuff, it's just all wank, isn't it? Like, it's, not, it's just not for me. And I know people love them, and that's fine. It's just not for me. I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I have a bit of a theory. Part of it is, like, it's not even my dad's music. No. Like, like my dad was, was born in 58, so he wasn't really getting into bands and stuff. If, he, if Let's say he's 15, like most of us are. Like, it was for him, it would have been his brother's Deep Purple records and like Sabbath stuff. Yeah. And then Bowie and T-Rex and the glam stuff. So it's not even my dad's stuff, music. But I wonder if it, is it because, like you, you can't get past the songwriting of Lennon McCartney. I understand that. But is it because they were like that first massive band that everybody wants a piece of and everybody of a certain age is still clinging on to? The people of Liverpool, you mean? Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking, <laughs> anyone over the age of sixty, really, <laughs> or sixty-five? Yeah, but like, there's better. Like, because Elvis, yeah, is a similar thing. The first big, you know, hmm. thingy. But he had songs. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't name five Beatles songs without looking them up because right. it's just not. It's just again, it's just not for me. It, it, that's fine. But when you say this to people, like, when you not like the Beatles, I just don't. I can see, I can see that they've influenced people. I can see who they took influence from. That's fine. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and it's like timing wise, it, I can't remember whether it's like six months or nine months or something. But the Beach Boys were doing exactly the same with Pet Sounds as the Beatles were doing with Sgt. Pepper's. Infinitely better band, the Beach yeah. Boys. So. Vocal harmonies. You try doing that. It's silly. I can't I, sing in tune with one voice. <laughs> Never mind several. I mean, again, but it's oh, it's the Beach Boys. There's a story. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's. I guess it's that's the American versus British thing. But I think, yeah, I think you might have. There might be some some weight to your theory that it was because they were the first big, yeah, big universal global sort of thing. Do you remember back in like was it 2016, 2017 when everybody famous died? 
Yeah. And it was like, what's going on with all the famous people? Well, it's that first round of people who got famous are all getting to the age where people die. People start dying, yeah. It's going to happen every year now. Yeah. Before that, there wasn't famous people. No, you had what, like you didn't have the means to for people to get that worldwide fame. Yeah, so you, you have, have. Oh, do you remember old Jimmy McGillicuddy and his "Where's Me Washboard" routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, he's dead. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, and it's yeah. I said this at the time. I was like, it's going to be this every year now. People are going yeah. to die constantly, and it has been. Like people, it's only because the the, the cult of personality, the showbiz thing, yeah. took root then. Yeah, with people at that age, and now it's yeah. It's, it's still sad. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. But it's like, again, the, the other thing with the Beatles, if you like, is like in the 90s on Radio 2, they'd play stuff from the 60s and the 70s in the 80s. And now we're 30 years on and they're still playing stuff from the 60s to 70s in the 80s. It, like, shouldn't they not be playing Nirvana and Pearl Jam? And Yeah, but you, you know, when you point that out to people that that was 30 years ago, they go, no, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you go, mm, technically yeah. it was. Yeah. So the we're Beatles- old. The Beatles stuff is 60 years old now. Who wants that? Yeah, but if you go back go back to like when we were getting into music, would we have gone back and listened to Glenn Miller in the mood? <laughs> because that's the equivalent, isn't it? Like it is, time, if you, fra- time frame. If you right? jump it's... back in that in that scale, then yeah, yeah it would be. I but... see I find that weird that yeah, I think it's because that's it's technically labeled as like classic, but what's what is that? Sam my kid, Pearl Jam. My, yeah, my dad, my kid, um, I had Nirvana on my kid walking in and he went, Oh, dad rock again. Oh, oh fuck. yeah, I right. chased him in, out the, in the house the loft like, with you. Yeah. yeah, that's it in the fucking sea, but yeah, um, uh, but then also, like, with that, um, I think Mark did a thing where he said, like, people who write music for people who don't like music, yeah, uh, so that ginger prick, uh, the Scottish one, and then I also had. That lad that everyone hated during COVID, but then he wore he did that video that was a bit controversial, and now everyone loves him. I don't know who you Sam Styles. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Smith. Yeah, Harry Styles. Everyone loves Harry Styles. I get. I'm not. This is not my world. And then Sam Smith was just getting shouted at for wearing something flamboyant for being a pop star. Everyone was laughing at him during COVID because he was crying about I've been trapped in his house with his pool and like he's you know, and uh, and then. Yeah, he did that slightly controversial video, which isn't really that controversial, is it? And now he's hailed as the new Messiah. And I'm right. like, I couldn't name a song by him. I don't even no. know what he, what sort of music he does. It's a different world. It's not for us, and that's not, okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I just don't. There's yeah. so many other better things you could be listening to. Like, literally anything. Yeah. Someone farting on a snare drum would be better. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oppositely... I have a very huge love for the Crash Test Dummies. So do I. Um, and I i mean, my mate still mercilessly ribs me for it. And I'm like, I just really like, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's because it came about at a certain time in my life when like my musical tastes were forming. But again, it's kind of folky and stuff. But uh, those first three albums, uh, The Ghosts That Haunt Me, yeah. God shuffled his feet and the worm's life. Like they're just peerless in terms of songwriting. Absolutely and... adore God shuffled his feet. Yeah, it is. It yeah. was going to be on the top album, but there is like yeah. one track on it that I nearly always skip. I just get really annoyed because I use Apple. Uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not on Apple Music. 
and I use Apple Music for all my streaming and that, and it's not on there. So uh-huh. I have to go to Spotify for it. But yeah, this is like, you know, you do your Spotify wrapped every year. That's that's the <laughs> only thing. I, yeah, no, it literally is because that's all I listen to on Spotify. <laughs> you listen to this 400 times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was a you I told you about the Christmas album. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a cracker, Oh, it was a tough listen, to be honest. But oh, really? Yeah, it's it's my. Go- I look forward to one yeah. thing. I look forward to Christmas. I thought it was a bit tough. Um, oh. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> listen to that and Oi to the World" by the Vandals. That's like my two <laughs> Christmas albums back to back. Huh? Um, you can time travel to any musical era or scene. Where and when are you going? Um, I think I've already given this away as well. Um, New York, nineteen seventy six, seventy seven, CBGBs. You've got the Ramones coming through. You've got Talking Heads. You've got Blondie. You've got Suicide. It's a good time to be alive, isn't it? Just the Ramones every weekend, just doing gigs in a tiny bar that smells like dog poo. Lovely. Loads of cheap speed. Yeah. <laughs> if that floats your boat, I don't know. It's, but yeah, it, it was, it's one of those things. And then you'd get all the... British stuff coming over as well. You get the Clash and the Damned and the Pistols. Not so much the Pistols. But, and then after that, you've got like the new wave stuff coming through and then like you're going to get the replacements and stuff. And so it's like if you could just jump back and then live through it, and that's, that's where you'd want to go in it. That's for me. Yeah. Even getting into like, if you like the knock on from that into stuff like um, early REM and the B-52s, some of that, oh. like that. That first B-52s album is amazing. My brother thinks I'm mental for liking it. No, I, B-52s I think are yeah. un, like unsung heroes of yeah. just genuinely good music. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Really, not talking about Love Shack and things like that. But no, like, no, no. Pro- Rock Lobster and... Um, Dance This Mess Around, Give Me Back My Man. Yeah. Um, it's that. I think it's that thing of like dual women vocals, harmonized vocals is a thing as well because it's... Um, Oh, not save Ferris. Uh, there was a ska band who had a similar right. two two female part thing, and it's one of those things that like just does something to me. I don't know. I tried to explain it to Sam that to me they're kind of like this weird punky sixties theme tune that you can dance to <laughs> at, a, at a mad party, and like I just couldn't find the words to describe it properly. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's new wave punk. With sometimes silly, sometimes amazingly in-depth lyrics, with a man going sausages over the top <laughs> of everything, and then two women absolutely giving it loads. Um, I, I, yeah. B-52s, are, yeah, I will not put up any B-52s slander Excellent, good. We're going to be friends for a long time, I can feel <laughs> it. Um, we've come to the end. You get to add one song to our playlist, which is going off to space for the aliens or down in a time capsule for our future selves to dig up one day. And it's only one song, I'm afraid. Yeah, what, it's fine. What are you putting on? See, this is this was this was the worst one because there's so much stuff that he's like, what what encompasses it all? What what is this? And I've gone for the people that grinned themselves to death by the House Martins. Um it kind of ticks all the boxes. I think like it's catchy it's got like backup harmonies in it it's got funny but also poignant lyrics I mean that's Paul Heaton in a nutshell but I couldn't 
I, I, I can't just put some some fucking punk song in there. Like, um, I thought, I've got to do something better. And I, I, well, I don't want to pick something else I've already mentioned and stuff. And I'm like, the House Minds are a, a little, little gem that mm-hmm. I forget about and only recently came back to because I was like, is the beautiful South any good still? And so I found uh, it was Canned, which is like the House Martins mm-hmm. and Greatest Hits. And I was like, God damn, the House Martins were tremendous before like one of them became an arsonist. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that, I guess, the British thing of, of it's mundane but pithy and jangly and kind of melancholy, but not. And it's, 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 I think that pretty much sums me up it's like it's there but it's it isn't hey brilliant joe thank you so much for your time today if you ever want to come back and get deep into like a specific record or a band just give us a shout it's an open invitation yeah, yeah um well let us know how you get on with world inferno and oh I yeah can, definitely i can take you through some of that if you I've, like yeah i think sam my brother if he doesn't know them already he's much he's much more into that punky scar world than i am so he may well be aware of them already but we'll get you on for a chat about that i reckon um do you want to just remind people where we can find you you can find me on twitter at hallmark of greatness if you just look for hallmark of greatness i'll be it'll be on there anyway and uh, at down events on on twitter and i think on instagram and stuff but yeah i'm always lurking around Brilliant. I'll put all of that in show notes along with all the records and band social stuff. Um, and if our dear listener would like to support the show on Patreon, that would be good. Um, I just spent the gas bill money on Ben Fold tickets, so if people can help <laughs> us out, that'd be great. Um, thank you for listening. Joe, thank you for coming to play. Anytime. Um, I've been Rob Jones, and that was Records and Bands. Tell me how good is fucking boring.